The Burgerkrieg Productions 15 Minutes of Fame podcast features Dom, singer and guitarist of the Albany-based pop-punk band Scotchka. Here's their song Locket. Alright, alright, uh, I just want to say my new band, Louisiana Cigarette, is uh, opening for Scotchka at uh, the McDonald's on Fulton Street this Friday. So, um, yeah, like if you and your friends are getting jiggy with it, then, um, you know, you're ready. You are so much cleaner than me. cleaner than me you forget to help but never fail to remind me it's my fault that i won't quit it's your fault this started backwards for the hours i spend smoking and drinking i still believe in 15 minute showers and i spilled words that stabbed your ears that trapped ourselves in a chase we'll uh, we'll kind of hop skip hop and, and jump into this uh it is season three of the burger creek productions 15 minutes of fame podcast dom murdoch i guess you could call him an alumni of this show has has returned he re- he's representing scotchka uh central new york or upstate new york rather uh based band dom welcome you're cooking some burgers hello i am good man good man now I wanted to jump right in this into this and hit you kind of with some hard hitting questions. At this point, it feels like a continuous running online joke, but in all seriousness, when can we expect new Scotchka material? <laughs> yeah. Um, the problem is we keep getting, uh, we keep like kind of trying to take the band more seriously. And because of that, our expectations kind of grow as the album is being made, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a, reason for the huge delay uh that being said we're like shooting for like we're uh we're shooting for autumn when we feel like confident about uh that at least so um probably ballpark like october november nice and you you also have um you have a i guess like a handful of shows coming up as well um one of them obviously at makeout reef which i know that we've talked briefly about um but also the other at the hollow is that correct yeah, so the Hollow Show was actually over the weekend. We just uh, got done with that one. Dude, how'd it go? Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was pretty incredible. Like I've wanted to play the Hollow for a long time. And I think uh, everyone in the band wanted to play the Hollow for a long time, so it was just really fulfilling for us as musicians to finally be able to play there. Uh, on top of that, we we played like probably like our best set ever. That was uh, I was like very happy with uh, how we played. We used in ear monitors for the first time. Really made a huge difference. Nice. Uh, and it was like our first show back, um, since like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So it was just, uh, really euphoric. That's throughout. awesome. That's awesome. Any, um, any hiccups or anything, or was it pretty much smooth sailing following, you know, the, the kickoff of this set itself? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was good. Like, obviously like I'm not going to be like a hundred percent no hit runs every time. Right. But, right. uh, but like, yeah, like, um, you know, any mistake was just, you know, just handled well and and uh all around just very very happy with how it went very cool and obviously you know for for those individuals that aren't necessarily from this area how how would you describe the hollow because you've definitely you've played a number of venues if not all of them in the albany area but the hollow is kind of special so how would you go about describing the hollow to somebody in terms of in relation to the music scene uh to somebody that's not from here yeah, I mean, the Hollow is probably just one of the largest uh, venues in Albany that would take 
like bands that are like pop punk bands, alternative rock bands. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the only one I can think of that's bigger than it is uh, Empire Live mm-hmm. uh, or Upstate Concert Hall. I right. guess they're the same thing. But uh, yeah, so I, I guess it's like the second most prestigious place to play in Albany, <laughs> and uh, and on my uh, that's how I would define it, I guess. Nice uh, for for bands like us, yeah. You know, for a band that takes their time with releasing music, and for good reason, because obviously everything uh, up to this point sounds wonderful, and I'm really excited to hear what this new material, uh, what we have, what you have in store for us. But in your minds, when is a song complete, or is a song never complete? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, initially, I would definitely say uh, I consider songs completed. Um, you know, just generally speaking. And I think that uh, it's actually a good question. Uh, I don't really think about that too much because I want to say, you know, after it's been released, but I also want to say, hmm, maybe like after it's been recorded and everything, because that's kind of uh, mostly my part of it. Well, I'm wondering if, if another, even an alternative, like almost follow up question is like, would you... Dom, as you know, with Scotchka, would you ever consider re-recording and re-releasing material? I think that might even be a, a kind of a secondary like follow-up. Would you personally ever entertain that idea, or is it like, nope, I said what I meant to say, it was the best that it is, um, or the alternative of that? Yeah, um, that's uh, I, I'm more. It's it's funny because we're 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 currently re-recording material. Uh, for, ah. for this album that was like two songs off the acoustic EP that we did. Nice. Um, so I guess uh, I feel like the song is still completed. Well, I feel like the song like was still completed before, though, just because we're we changed it from acoustic to full band. Um, so it obviously is like a, a different version of the song. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'd consider it um, the song. Uh, Hmm. I guess I'd consider it completed uh, with the first version of it out, and then everything else is just kind of a like a remix of that song. It's like accenting it, almost in a sense. You know, you're expanding upon like the original idea and and bringing new kind of like flair and stuff. Right. So aside from you know working, I know you made some um, you made some additions to Make Out Reef. But more importantly, there is what appears to be one of the first shows there coming up. Correct. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. So tell me a little bit about, tell me, I know, again, I know that that you and I had touched on the venue itself um, when we had first spoken briefly, but now that we're, we're getting back into, okay, things are opening back up. Walk me through like what the planning and preparation process to get the venue, you know, ready to go. What was that like? You know, was it scrambled last minute or was it kind of the slow, like we've been ready the whole time. We did, we put the new sound system in and now it's just like, where are people to play? Uh, so it, it kind of, um, that answer kind of changed over time. Cause at, like when, uh, when it, when we first had to like close down, I was like, at that point I felt like, oh man, like I wish we could keep having shows here. Like it'd be great. Mm-hmm. But then like, as I kind of grew over the year, uh, my standards kind of really went up for like what I wanted out of a venue. And um, because of that, I've like invested a lot into new gear and new equipment. 
and now it's uh it's like definitely more to where I want it to be now. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's, it's not even like fully, fully there yet. Uh, so yeah, I guess like as long as I can have shows, uh, I, I want to have them and like equipment, new equipment will come like along the way mm -hmm. as I can like afford to like invest in it. Uh, but I guess I, I feel like I've generally like been been pretty ready now. Um, but that wasn't always the case in the last year. So. Right. Did you, when you first started playing music, uh, whenever that was in your you know pre adult life, teenage life, whenever it was, did you ever think that you would be essentially running a music venue? <laughs> that's that's funny. Um, I, I think it's funny because I still don't even consider it. Uh, like the typical venue, like obviously it's a place for music, but at the end of the day, it's still like my home, and mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't even feel like I like host shows. It feels like I just have people over and like fans over to play music. <laughs> um, yeah, <I> <laughs> that made any sense? It probably no. didn't. No, it does. <laughs> it does. It does. All right, good, good. So yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like home first, venue, venue second. Uh, I, I didn't think I really cared about owning, like running this type of thing until I got a little older. So it wasn't like a big goal of mine. It just kind of fell into my lap. So worked out really well. Very cool. And, you know, it definitely at a, at a time like this in which I feel like almost the scene is in the process of getting on its feet or, or trying to find its legs, <laughs> rather, um, having unique venues, uh, you know, such as Makeout Reef, obviously Rocks, you know, Desperate Annie's up in Saratoga, really any of these places that there is the possibility to start fostering something. Um, I think it's fantastic. If I'm not mistaken, the birdhouse is also on its way back, but I could be wrong. Yeah. There's that. that very exciting. So it's, it's, I think you have the ability to be part of this next wave. Um, I don't know about you, but there's definitely a handful of bands that have emerged as a result of this pandemic that I'm like, who are the, you see them on flyers. It's like, who are these people? You know, and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think it's exciting. It's exciting, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like naturally it kind of happens over time, new bands get introduced. But in this case, it was just suddenly when Joe's came back, there was just a wave of new people mm -hmm. that were just ready to go. That had just been prepping. <laughs> that's fun. So if there was one concert that you've you've experienced in your past and not one you were playing at but rather you were observing and experiencing there's one concert that you could kind of relive over and over again um what concert would that be oh that's a really easy question for me it was uh, i forget how many years ago it was probably around 2014 um in high school i saw at upstate concert hall uh, say anything in the front bottoms hmm. And that was like the bottoms weren't even popular at the time. Like now they like would sell out like, you know, Empire Live at this point. But uh, back then, like they weren't really well known. So it was just like a handful of people up front kind of singing with them. And now they're like one of my favorite bands. And on top of that, Say Anything has been and still is my favorite band of all time. Mm -hmm. So just having them two together, I, I wish I could... Uh, I wish I could see it again now that I have such an appreciation for the front bottoms, but that was still like, I have the fondest memories from that concert. That's awesome. And now 
what do you think in your mind what makes what makes a good band good and what makes a great band great uh i i'm i'm a big lyric guy so if i can if i can relate to what the person is saying and it really strikes a chord with me i consider them a great band i guess i consider a band good if i can uh respect um you know how good the music is uh and you know kind of what they're what they're doing mm-hmm. and uh yeah excellent now, when it comes to, um, and, and I guess we'll, we'll go back to, to talking about the scene in and around like our area, um, but if you had to think of any you know, upsides or downsides to a band existing here, a band playing here, um, what are some of those upsides and what are the, some of those downsides that you've experienced uh, within Scotia? Uh, the upside is that... Um... I think it really all comes down to uh, how many people are in the area. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, if there's more people, there's more people that are bound to like music like yours, and just generally more people will be at the shows, and there'll just be a larger community. Uh, so, by that logic, it's, it's kind of nice that we live near Albany because it is like a relatively large city, and the surrounding areas are all kind of uh, it's all kind of one big community. Um, I think the only downside would be it's probably not as good as, you know, I guess like a city, mm-hmm. but even then I feel like it'd be easy to kind of get buried. Uh, I haven't really thought too much about location just because I've been around here my whole life and you really have plans on moving yet. Mm-hmm. I think, but, um, I, I think yeah. that's an interesting point though. Um, the downside is locate. It's like the upside is location in a sense. And, and the downside could potentially be uh, the location, but just in comparison to other other spots. So I think that's a very right. it's a very interesting dichotomy <laughs> that you kind of stumbled across there, where it's like it could be an upside, but it also could be a downside in a sense, you know. Like, um, but then again, as you said, like it's in larger areas, it's easier to get drowned out, you know, because there's just so much happening, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Right. There's just so many. That's just be difficult to get your name out there when there's just a million names all over the place. Mm-hmm. Has has this kind of bulking up with you know whether it's reworking songs for the new album that have been previously written, you know the acoustic songs. Have these been things that have have happened organically, or did they kind of one day you just woke up and said, okay, I know exactly what I want to do with these songs. Like, was this kind of a group effort, or is this did this fall on you? Um, it was it was definitely a group group decision. Um, we we thought they were good songs on the acoustic EP, and we thought uh, we could do them a lot better with where we are now. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. It just came down to um, we'll, we'll probably redo any song we don't we think that is uh, really well done, and maybe just didn't have the technical ability or skill behind it at the time of uh of the initial recording. Mm-hmm. So, so you had this video that you had posted, and again, this is a while back. This is when you and I had first tried to to get this uh, interview scheduled. But, and and I can dub in some like heart heart wrenching, you know, music post production or whatever. But 
you had shared with us a post and you had received an email and a band was asking you to play. I think it was at, what was this the hollow gig or was this, is this parish public <laughs> parish no, public house? So, so, so this was that, this was the first show that we were asked to play. However, it is in uh, it's going to be in December. It's December. It's probably why it was scheduled so early. Yeah. It, now was is that parish public house that they had asked you to play? That that is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> walk me through if you can, because I definitely got from the vibe of the video. Um, was that like a unanimous decision from the band to to agree to go back? Or like, was the band ready at that point when they had received that email? Uh, no, which is why we um, we we kind, of, we kind of agreed to it because it was in December. You know, if uh, we we were also getting uh, friends were asking us if we wanted to play shows sooner than that, and we couldn't agree to those because we just thought it was too soon. Mm -hmm. So when the December one came along, we said, okay, we can definitely be ready in time for this one. Nice. So uh, so that was the first one we actually agreed to. So switching uh, switching gears to uh to f we'll, we'll say uh, still keeping in line with entertainment but in relation to uh to film um or movies i guess just in general were there any were there any movies that you had growing up or any scenes from specific movies um that you watched as a child that absolutely scarred you as a kid <laughs> scarred as a kid i don't know um I really don't think so. I, I didn't like horror movies at all as a kid, so I, I feel like those would be the ones that would really scar me as a child. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just what I, I think. I, I tended to watch like comedies and maybe some action thrillers. And, uh, those weren't, they didn't have too many uh, events that were, um, you know, like at all traumatizing or anything. <laughs> they were, they were high, like I watched those lighthearted movies, so yeah. No, no issues there. Were there, uh, were there any like, were there any specific movies that you had growing up where, whether it was something you you caught, you know, later late night on television, HBO, you rented it, however you came across it, you were and you watched it and you knew at that point in time as you were watching it, you were like, yeah, I probably shouldn't be watching this, and I know my parents would be super upset if they found out I was watching this. Were your parents cool, or did you have anything oh. like that? Yeah, there was a movie like that. Um, I forget the name of the movie. It, it was it was one of those spoof movies okay. where I was just making fun of other movies. And I just remember this one scene. I forget the actress. Um, really hot babe was uh, like doing like one of those like sexy car washes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like nine or ten thinking like, <laughs> oh, God, like, I, should, <laughs> I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> it's so, I, And yeah, that was that's my memory. I'm wondering if it was like one of those like not another teen movie. I knew you said like spoof movies or even Probably like was. a scary movie or something like that. Oh man. Now, aside from I know again we talked pretty much everything, more or less everything Scotchka. Um but aside from the first event or the first gig and then the next gig and then the following gig in December, um you know, are there any other subsequent, you know, announcements uh, you know, that you kind of wanted to, to plug for the band, or is it still kind of as it were? Still working to release the record, um, get some shows under the belt? Um, any, any things that you want to plug? Uh, I, I really don't think so, honestly. Not, not, not yet, at least. Um, I'm too, uh, at this point, I'm too worried to even discuss the album <laughs> until, until it's been released. And 
everything else just comes down to us uh, getting better and working on putting on better shows, um, both Scotia and uh, and Make Out Read. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to both those things getting a little better in the future. Well, that's uh, I I think everybody's kind of in that. Uh, I feel I feel like anyway, um, most of the people are are in that uh, in that boat, as it were. Um, do you do any reading? I don't know if you're a reader. I know for somebody that you said you focus a lot on, um, you focus a lot on lyrics, and lyrics are important, meaningful lyrics, clever. Um, are you a reader? I, I am a reader, um, not as much as I'd like to be, but uh, I, I'll like I won't like sit and like read a book, but I like read like the whole book. But I will. Uh, I'll just like kind of read a chapter, like here and there, like every few days. Uh, so it's, it's very slow, um, but uh, but yeah, it's enjoyable. I, I tend to just read um, either nonfiction, like memoirs of people I look up to, mm-hmm. or uh, maybe like philosophy. Did you have any? You know, were there any specific like philosophers that really? Well, I don't want to say really like influenced you, but had some sort of a lasting impact in relation to like your lyrical content or your writing um maybe and i say maybe because not directly but maybe just subconsciously because uh my favorite philosopher is uh marcus aurelius he's a a stoic and and that's kind of shaped my personality for the last couple years interesting and through through that i think that my writing probably has been impacted uh in some way by that so I, I want to talk very briefly about uh, Stoics. Now, um, my buddy um, from Black Mesa, he had sent me um, he had sent me the Pocket Stoic, which is essentially a pocket version of the philosophy behind Stoics and the ide- I don't even want to say ideology, but just the the concept, right? The fundamental uh, concept behind it, what it means, how to t- kind of work things in stride, uh, present yourself to others, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Nate from Black Mesa hooked me up with that. And it was very, it was a very interesting read. Um, how would you go about for those, those individuals that don't know what it means to be a stoic? Um, how would you describe that to, to somebody? Um, and you can do, you can do like uh like elevator pitch. You don't have to go like super, super in depth. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm trying to figure out the best way to explain it. Because um, I guess, like, my big takeaways, like, things I actually apply to my life would be the fact that I'm never really concerned or uh, stressed out too badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's because, like, I'm just, like, very aware of kind of uh, how quickly time goes by and how, like, little of a role that we all play. And that anything that I do, it might be important in the moment, um, but it, <laughs> this is sounding a little pessimistic. No, no. It's not supposed to be that way. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's it just like any, any, uh, anything that happens, uh, you know, it's, it's good for the moment, it kind of, but it kind of moves on. And that's kind of, it kind of makes me want to do more for, I guess, just the community and um, more for like the lasting, um, like the generations to come kind of mm-hmm. than, than for like right now. Uh, 
um, in relation to, um, you know, making making it within the scene or as a band in general. What are some some words of wisdom uh, that you you would pass down to some of these other bands that are just starting up? Oh, uh, unfortunately, like kind of in my experience, it's it, it, like the only times I ever see a band tend to break up is because either you know maybe someone moves away or um, someone uh, you know maybe gets like a career that now they need to focus on. It's it's always just kind of a less goes on situation. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really think I've heard of anyone. I just had to kind of stop playing music for like creatively or internal problems. I'm sure there is, just not. I personally haven't heard of any. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess it, it would just be to be prepared for when that happens. Just kind of try and think logistically about where everyone will be at in the next year or two. If it's something you're really committed to, uh, I guess just be realistic and practical and. Um, it, it's always sorted itself out for, for Scottsdale. Like we've had a couple changes in our lineup and it's just kind of always worked out. And I think that's probably why we're still kind of going is because we keep being able to just kind of uh, change when something happens. Take it in stride almost, right? Yeah, absolutely. Even at, at this point, again, you are a veteran. You're an established band slash musician. You have been for some time. Um, even with that being said, are there any parts of the recording process that you personally still dread every time you have to go into it? Um, yeah, definitely. I really, I really don't like guitar. As in, <laughs> I don't like playing it. I don't, I, I would love to just be uh, just a vocalist and not have to, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's, it's way more difficult in recording. It's obviously more fun live playing guitar. But uh, right. in recording, you got to play to a click. You have to be spot on. Um, it just takes so long. It's just like, uh, actually in this album, because I'm not that good of a guitarist, we had our bass player slash producer play every single one of my guitar parts. <laughs> so I actually didn't skip to the entire guitar section of this recording this time. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So that was uh, that was a blessing. Yeah, it was really great. Now, in in the 2019 single "Save," um, interesting and interestingly enough, you pen the lyrics: "Quote: I'm sick and tired of being bored, existing, and home." Now, I know throughout the quarantine that a number of people experimented, learned how to make things like hot sauce, knit, paint, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, Dom, in an attempt to have been avoiding being bored, um, existing while at home, if you will. Did you have yeah. any failed skill building experiments? Um, like almost blowing up your house or like sucking at making bread. What, what were some things that you did not do well over the pandemic? Yeah. I'm trying to think of what I, uh, it was kind of funny for me because, uh, my job never really shut down throughout it. So I was still, I was still just like going to work, going different places. I wasn't going out on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of my routine was still, uh, still kind of the same. Um, I'm trying to think of anything I tried really. Uh, my time was just really spent just like getting better at music, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really tend to pick up anything new. I just kind of, uh, had more time to work on things that I already enjoyed, but weren't quite great at. Mm-hmm. 
uh, which I think was like the best way for me to spend my time, which I definitely have no regrets about spending it that way. Couple cigars, it's been a while since I took a long drive in 